Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Let's get to the Eagles preseason. Glenn Mack now joins us. Glenn, off to a good start the other day. What were your, first of all, great to have you with us. Welcome. Always my pleasure, Steve. All right, so now let's get to the game itself. Really put together a really nice opening performance in the context of preseason, which you've seen so much in the course of your career. What you like about it? <laughs> well, what I liked about it is they got the first unit offense in there. They wanted to throw the ball. Jalen Hurts went six for six. They scored a touchdown. They got him out of there. Uh, that's pretty much all you could ask for. Yeah, it is pretty much all you can ask for along the along the way. So a lot of this is about roster spots 40 through 53. You know, you have three preseason games to determine that. It's not a quarterback battle or it's not a running back battle or anything like that. So what did you see in those roster spots that bear watching as to somebody who might make this roster? Okay. First, let me tell you, there is there is some degree of breaking news. I don't know if you had this today, but the because uh, this, this is a guy – who was fighting for a roster spot, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the, Earl, the second-round pick from, what, three years ago, uh, and he, he was not he was not doing anything. He was trying to switch over to tight end. The Eagles just traded him uh, within the last hour or two to Seattle for a mm. defensive back named Ugo Amadi. I don't know much about Ugo Amadi, except when I look it up, it says the Seahawks were expected to release him today. So rather than... Looks like two guys who had the chance of being released where they were got traded for each other. Maybe the Eagles picked up a little cornerback depth. So that's that's one yeah. thing I noticed. That's a guy who's not going to be here. Right. Um, as for a guy I noticed who impressed me, uh, although there's no doubt he's going to make the team, Cam Jurgens, the second-round pick yeah. center, who played for Jason Kelsey, I thought looked really good. Um, you know, it's Jason Kelsey, we hope he's going to play forever. Probably won't. And I think Cam Jurgens uh, is a guy Kelsey wanted him to draft, and I think he looked really good in his time. Yeah, he's the Nebraska kid, uh, and I know that Kelsey had said he was the he's the best center in the draft. You know, I mean, I thought Linderbaum from Iowa, and I saw both of them in person, but mm-hmm. you know, he knows his craft better than I do. I just know what my eyes told me. It doesn't matter. They're both really good players, and I'm, and and Jurgens can play guard as well. So and and give us an idea, Glenn, about versatility in the offensive line because the numbers in the regular season are limited. Yeah, well, there's no doubt. So they they have listen. They have a terrific starting offensive line from left to right with no, Melata. No Dickerson's going to be the guard this year. The second round pick last year. Uh, and I think he also, I mean, he's going to be a really quality offensive lineman. Kelsey, Samalo at right guard, Lane Johnson at right tackle. So the, who's going to be there after that? Jurgens is going to be there. be interesting to see what happens with Andre Dillard, uh, the first-round pick in 2019. He's only played left tackle when they tried him at right tackle. He was completely uncomfortable. As you're saying, you can only carry a limited number of guys. You need flexibility. I don't know what's going to happen with Dillard. I wouldn't be surprised if they trade him. Jack Driscoll is will be the backup tackle floating both sides, and he's pretty good. Uh, who am I leaving out? Uh, Apetta is the other guard. Um, but that's it. It's Listen, they got depth. Jack Anderson's a guard who played and played well. They have depth at the offensive line. 
wouldn't be surprised if surprised, excuse me, if Diller's out of here. Uh, linebackers, there's a lot of sub packages. So people are playing a lot of nickel and dimes these days. But a lot of people have thought, okay, shore up the linebacking a little bit. Okay, so what did you think of the linebackers? I thought Kaiser White looked good. Listen, again, the the starting defense only played 11 plays against the Jets and did yeah. well. Jets' first yeah. unit didn't score. The poor quarterback got hurt. That didn't help the Jets. But uh, uh-huh. I thought Kaiser White, who's the new um, Will linebacker that they got, looked pretty good. Um. I don't know what else I can tell you. N'Kobe Dean didn't quite look comfortable. He had one nice play. I think we all are infatuated with the kid, but he may not be ready to play. Uh, and I'm not talking about physically. I think he may need a little bit of development time. He reminds me a little bit of Jeremiah Trotter when Trot came yeah. here. And I understand, listen, Dean was, you know, the, the, the captain of the best defense in the country versus Trotter came from Stephen Austin. So there is that difference in terms of what they had yeah. in the past. But Dean, uh, N'Kobe Dean may need a little time to develop. But that's okay. It's a different speed of the game. There's also, yeah, sure. I mean, Glenn, okay. I mean, Glenn, all right. There's also a couple of different expectations, too, about what the position is in this league because they do throw the ball so much. Yeah, they do. And you rarely have more than two linebackers on the field. You know, in the Eagles' depth chart, I think they're still listing Hassan Reddick as a linebacker, um, which is uh, what I want to see, and what they really haven't revealed is whether they're going to play a 4-3 or 3-4. They've done both in camp. They're not telling you anything. Um, you know, the head coach is very circumspect. If you ask him what's going to happen, he says, well, you know, I don't want to give anything away. You'll see. Um, but if you're counting, if you're going a 3-4 and you're technically counting Hassan Reddick as a linebacker, he's going to be an impact player here this year. I, there's little doubt about that. Yeah. So you mentioned, you referenced Nick Sirianni. Second year as a head coach, do you see any indifference, any difference as to how he approaches things? Any difference as to how he approaches the media? Anything that shows he's got a year under his belt? Well, I'll say two things. One is, he certainly, you mentioned the media, he's much more comfortable. Yeah. Last year, if you remember his introductory news conference where he's sweating and talking fast, and he tried too hard, and I understand that. You know, he, he, he it seemed obvious he was trying to be popular, and a head coach can't worry about that. And this year, I think he's much more comfortable. He's much more confident. The big difference, I think, with Sirianni this year is not Nick. It's I think the players have bought in. You know, I didn't know what they had last year. He's a new head coach, very little experience, young, a little bit chatty. You know, players, players, veteran players, they need that head coach to prove something. Now, if you, if you talk to guys like Kelsey and Brandon Graham and Lane Johnson, and the guys have been around for a while, they believe in him. They like him. They swear by him. He's got the loyalty of the leaders on the team, and I think that's going to help. It's going to go a long way for him this year. I know he's. I know he's big on on Jordan Davis. Oh, um, oh uh, me too. Uh, when you watch him, uh, yeah. Not do, does he have? Now maybe he doesn't have to do this because of the way they are depth wise. Do you think he's? He's a big man, but can he play fifty or sixty plays in a game? It's not gonna. Nah, it's, 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 it, it, it won't happen because 
you still got yep. Fletcher Cox, and Cox yep. is certainly on you know on downward side of it, but. Cox will yeah. play 30 plays a game, and Davis will play 30 plays a game, and they have Javon Hargrave, and, and more. they play Milton Williams inside a good amount. Um, he's not going to have to play 60 plays a game, and I just, when he is out there, you see him out there. You know, the size is staggering. You see him. <laughs> yes. I, I've seen big guys come out for this team. I've seen John Runyon and King Dunlap and, you know, guys yeah. in the past who are just the size of a garage. He may be the biggest in terms of all, you know, heft and height and muscle that I've seen, and they're already double-teaming him. You know, the Jets in a preseason game are, are having two men so that he doesn't blow up the middle on a pass play, and I think that's what he's going to do all year. I think he's just going to collapse it up the middle, you know, just kind of push everything, and the quarterback's going to have to run around, and other Eagles will get the sack. He's also under the wing of Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox talks to him all the time about technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Davis, even at Georgia, playing in the SEC, technique was not important to him, because he was just quicker and bigger than everybody else. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and that's and what happens. You, know, that, you get to some that, guy. That's a right. That's a fact of life. Ahead. I mean, that's not a criticism. Yeah. That's a fact of life. All right, having a guy like Cox that says, "Okay, at this level, remember to do this." What does that mean for the young man's future? Yeah. Well, listen, Fletcher Cox is not a Pro Football Hall of Famer, but he's going to be an Eagles Hall of Famer. He's made the Pro Bowl. I don't know half a dozen times in his career. Uh, he he is a professional. The way he has approached the game. He knows the technique. He knows the opponents. Uh, and I think that having that guy chatter in your ear when you're a rookie is invaluable. Um, I don't know Jordan Davis. I've spoken to him two, maybe three times, but I'm really impressed by him. I think he uh, really wants to succeed. Um, you know, you, you say they all do, but I think he wants to be a great player, and he's he's got the physical attributes. I think it can happen. He's of everybody on this team right now. He was the guy I was watching the closest on Friday night, and I just it, he kind of confirmed everything that I hoped he would be. I think he's going to be a great player. All right, so so let's take the next step. So, what did you see that, to confirm that? Um, just the, his sheer ability to push people around <laughs> and not be pushed around. I mean, that's really what it is. Yeah. It's right. him. Right. He's, he's right in the middle of the field, and the ball is snapped, and he's going forward against the offensive line. He's not going backwards. And that's pretty much what I want from that position. Devontae Smith is getting himself back into the mix, but everybody yeah. has, a, has a chance to see A.J. Brown. It's one thing to have everybody look at what he did at Tennessee. Uh, has he has been as advertised to you? Um, well, he didn't do anything in the game. They didn't target him in the game, and that's that's okay. Um, the one thing I would say in practice that I it's it's all short passes. At least yeah. when we were able to watch it, they're throwing short to him, and then he's you know trying to bust through it. Uh, I want to see him go deep. I understand that Smith will, by and large, be the deep guy. And you got Quez Watkins with a lot of speed. But, I mean, I can't say A.J. Brown's a disappointment. I would just say that what I have seen of him is limited. 
in that everything he catches is five yards past the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, when Miles Sanders was up here mm, a couple months ago, I just noticed he was a bit lighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, and, and he said, "Look, he said I, I, I got to be quicker." I said, "Okay." So, what do you think of Miles so far? Um, he's had a good camp. Um, explosive, you know, and but he's always had explosive in him. What I what I don't know yet. So, listen, we know he can run the ball. That he can do. Yeah. What. What's kind of declined in his career, what he got worse at in the last year, was he was a really good receiver as a rookie. You remember, I mean, you, you covered him in college. He was really good at catching the ball out of the backfield. And last year he lost that. I don't know why. Um, there's really no good reason to think of it. I can't tell you he's got it back or not um, yeah. because it's it's practice. So I really can't tell you. But that's he is quicker. Um, they say more explosive. Um, he needs to catch the ball. I think this year they're going to use Gainwell a good amount, that that's the plan, mm-hmm. that he'll catch the ball out of the backfield. I don't know. Let me put it this way, and we're not talking fantasy football, but if I had a fantasy football draft, I would move Miles Sanders down a couple of rounds because I don't think he's going to get the ball as much as he has in past years. Interesting. Very interesting. And Gainwell can be a good receiver in this offense. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. a because I, I had him in the Cotton Bowl, uh, and mm-hmm. so I'm playing the Cotton Bowl. Good player. Well, let me just say this play- about Gainwell. What he's got to show this yeah. year is that he can block, because that's what yes. he couldn't do as a rookie. Oh. No. Well, he couldn't do that at Memphis either, believe me. It was, yeah, well. I mean, they were you know, I mean, it, it, it was they were in the backfield left and right yeah. uh, during the course of that game, and he could not handle anybody. Uh, but it's a different level. All right. Glenn, great stuff. Really appreciate the time he gave us today and uh, all the information. Steve, it's always my pleasure. Anytime.